was the was the application of of social science research principles to conservative public policy discussions. And there you so are. It taught, it it taught is, conservatives how I gotta to start talk the about podcast for the audio. Just, Okay, Peter, you have to let you have to let the boss. Uh, we 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 love you, Peter, and we have just, to let yeah. the boss. Do I want to welcome bad. everybody to the world according to Ben Stein, and I think it's important that you notice that the people that are just. By the way, thank you to the people in Germany, Singapore, Hungary, and America. Uh, thank you for listening, and it's important that you sign up for our Rumble channel because you get to hear sometimes conversations that we oh, don't always put into the audio cast and. Uh, the audio sphere you get to see what peter roff the, the beauty that is peter roff and of course the beauty that is ben stein but i want to welcome everybody to the world according to ben stein i want to remind people please sign up for our newsletter benstein.substack.com please keep giving those five star reviews it is nice to be trending in those four different countries and um it so thank you from the bottom of our hearts uh, to our people in Germany, Singapore, and I forgot the other place, but don't hold Hungary. it. Hungary. I think you said Hungary. Yeah, but it could be Hong Kong. I could be H- wrong. Hungary Where? is a beautiful country. I've been to Budapest twice. It is a marvelous city full of lovely people. I, I've heard that Hungarian girls are among the best looking in the world. Um, I would share that opinion. Okay, and I'm sorry, it's Switzerland, but you could say the same about the Swiss. So there you are. I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We are joined tonight from the Roth Draft, contributing editor at Newsweek and pretty much any other publication that will allow him in the United States of America. He's he he's, he got a little behind. He got a little behind this week, and he's uh, on the mend. Peter Roth. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, Always good to be with you. Uh, are you sore? No, no, no. I'm fine. I'm what fine. happened to you? Did I, you know? I, 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 well, little public service announcement. I had a procedure yesterday that all men over the age of 50 and women should have. It's called a colonoscopy. It is unpleasant to prepare for, but painless to endure. And it is a way to detect colon cancer early, which is among the easiest to treat. It couldn't save your life. And I encourage everyone to not be afraid and to have one. Just one? Just one? (laughs) Well, to start with one. And then they'll tell you when you need to come back. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And of course, the show would not be complete without America's humble servant, actor, writer, Multiple Emmy Award winner, speechwriter to two presidents, economist, mathematician, former, um, what's the the one, the, 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 the inside expert lawyer? Witness, expert, expert witness. Expert witness. witness. In complex, complex, yeah. complex securities case, and I mean really complex. He's an icon. He's an iconoclast. He's a father. He's a grandfather. Most importantly, he's a husband. Second, most importantly, he is the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I have been struggling all day to figure out what the hell happened to our beloved Los Angeles to make us have such terrible traffic. We always had pretty bad traffic, but the traffic now is simply insane. And I I, I don't know what caused it. I mean, why is it so much worse today, uh, 3923, than it was two months ago it's just mind-boggling how bad the traffic is i I respectfully suggest to you if you're thinking of coming to la don't 
Oh, you know, Peter, what I enjoy the most for people who have been listening to this show is Ben's is is Ben's lowering the bar of Los Angeles throughout time. It used yeah, it's to be, just amazing. It used to be an untouchable thing. I remember he got really <laughs> upset with something Tucker had said years ago. Oh, well, about so talk about Tucker doesn't. And Tucker is very confused about Los Angeles. It, it, God it, bless it, him. I love him. I love him to pieces, but uh, he doesn't understand it all. I, I just, uh, you just made me think of that famous line from Yogi Berra about the restaurant nobody goes to anymore because it's too crowded. That's funny. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's, like it's, it. and, and just so people understand, uh, we have had mon monster rainstorms that this that that our city and state was not prepared for. Obviously, since they didn't build uh, uh, dams well, we to, right. to collect the water, but it caused such damage to the roads that you could be driving and literally have potholes the size of I mean, of your car. Of your what, car. what I what I don't understand is. In three months, everybody's going to be talking about the drought conditions in California. How can you have all of this rain and not plan to store it up? Because we got a bunch of assholes running a state government. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to make it too complicated. Yeah, as okay. as, as we remember, Peter, as Ben brought up, Moonbeam predicted the thousand-year drought. They've been mm -hmm. building a high-speed rail because everybody wants to go high-speed to San Francisco for the better part of it. I think, Ben, it's got to be 15 years at this point. It's over. Oh, yeah, it's cost, uh, cost billions and billions and billions. I think it's $100 billion over budget at this point, Peter, instead of building reservoirs. Well, and it's I, not going And it's not going to go to San Francisco and it ends in what, Bakersfield? No, 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 no. No, I don't think that's that. I have to say, there's, Everything ends there's, a there's, a, there's a limit to how cruel we can be to the government of, of California. It doesn't end in Bakersfield. It begins in Bakersfield. Everything begins in Bakersfield. I was going to say everything ends in Bakersfield. And there's no, no offense to Devin Nunes, a good friend of the show. It's it, 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 uh, it's it's the one of the... It's a cool place. It's a cool place. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. It is a cool place. It was, it's one of the major birthplaces of uh, of country music. Well, there you are. That's why Bakersfield's cool. They haven't. Uh, it was. I had a different reaction to it, but that's just me. Okay. But but my point was that, as I understood it, what they promised was bullet train from Los Angeles to San Francisco. I know. And it's hilarious. Billions of dollars on a train that isn't needed, that now doesn't start or end in Los Angeles in San Francisco. Right. There, and well, that's just, that's just typical of, well, it's typical of government. And, and why central planning yes. is a failure. Exactly right. And why central planning is the enemy of democracy. Socialism is the enemy of democracy. And today's young people who are being taught that socialism is a good thing are really being taught that democracy is a bad thing and it's going to go bye-bye in their lifetime. And we people who got to live through the good times are going to be laughing in our graves. <laughs> but you know what's most perplexing, and we were, obviously this was not going to be the topic, but I don't mind discussing it because I think it's very important, is, Ben, as you're driving and as we're living through this, you, 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 we just voted in another Democrat mayor in the city. Obviously, Gascon didn't get recalled. And I'm like wondering, as people are sitting there driving and through this traffic, are they and seeing the homeless people? Are they like, wow, thank you, ACLU? 
Thank you, Caltrans City and State of California. I'm going to keep voting blue. I mean, no, what, what, the, what they're saying is, what's the number for you all? We're moving. The out migration <laughs> where, where, from where California you, is, is astounding. But where do you move to, Peter? Really, honestly, they're, where? they're moving to Arizona. They're moving to Montana. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Florida, Nevada. They're moving to states with no income tax, with property rights, with 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 uncrowded roads. I saw an estimate today. You know, after the 2020 census, California lost a congressional seat. That's the first time it's lost a congressional seat since statehood. The projection is if the out migration continues at the pace it's on, they'll lose five more seats after 2030. Well, I'll tell you some even worse news that your humble servant, this old Jew boy, you see sitting in front of you, I uh, just learned about his state capital gains tax for the year 2023. And it is, it, literally made me start taking my uh, nitrostat heart attack pills. It's just breathtaking how much tax is assessed against people in California. It's breathtaking. It's insane. It's it's mind-boggling, and I can't afford it, and I am going to have to flee the country and go to the Panama Canal zone and be eaten by why a giant not the, Why not the Philippines? I say, we all, I say we all move to the Philippines. Because in the well, Philippines, well, according to my nurses who are all from the Philippines, the traffic is even worse than it is in L.A. Whatever you do, then don't look at the president's budget proposal. It's got it's got surtaxes on top of surtaxes for what? And the president has decided that we're going to bail Medicare out. Well, that by raising taxes and imposing price controls. Well, that we have to do. Yeah, have to have to raise raise taxes. My God, I mean, it's amazing. People like you. Making money hand over fist, don't even know what to do with it all. I, I know you should I'm, pay I'm, a little I'm, more tax. I'm I'm evil because I want to pay my mortgage. I'm I'm just it makes me evil. Not to I borrowed money. money and I want to pay it back. I am so not with what you want to pay it back. What are you talking about, Mon? Not to mean? mention he wants to give a 15% raise to the IRS. And uh, because that's what that's what everybody in America who they want to see getting a raise is yeah. people that work for the. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. A fifteen percent raise to the IRS, in addition to the eighty-seven thousand uh, IRS agents, they're still trying to get through. It's, I don't uh, think they're going to find them. By the way, I mean, there's a great shortage of uh, accountants. Well, that's why <laughs> I don't think they want to hire accountants. I think they want to hire thugs. I think they want to take people out of the federal witness protection program named Rocco and Marco and Guido and put them to work for the IRS. Oh, that was really oh, anti-Italian of you. That was extremely anti-Italian. Oh, my God. The racism. You Italiophobe. And, uh, okay, on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to That Man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Uh, uh, ben is Ben's belief in the constitution is second to no one I've ever met. It has been extremely instrumental in my life of the way I view things of the way, uh, of the, of the way I view society in our country and the world. And well, God bless um, you. the constitution said Gladstone was the greatest. I've told you said this many times on our wonderful show is the greatest work struck off by the hand of man at any one time ever in man's history. 
So, so I was on the phone with a friend of mine before Ben, and he was, and I go back to Nixon because it's one of my one of my many favorite quotes by Nixon is, "Republican congressmen aren't uh, fit to be dog catchers." Well, let me and, just say, wait a second. My, Mr. Nixon told that quote to my father and me while we were walking down the hall at the executive office building. I, I, uh, I, I don't think you're going to find it in any other places, but uh, he shared a number of uh, extremely interesting uh, conferences with me and my wonderful dad. And, and, the, and the reason I bring that up is just because, God, how lucky you were for, on so oh, many, on, I'm blessed, <sighs> blessed on so oh, many levels. And the reason I bring that up is I was on the phone with a friend of mine and we were talking about how vicious the left and he was and he was saying he thinks they've he, something I've said they've always been like this. It's just they're because they've lost their garment uh, and they're just their garment. What do you mean? They, they've lost the shroud. They've uh, they, they've the lost loin their, and the loin they've lost their loincloth and they're naked and crazy. And it's you have you're watching these people on TV just totally trying to destroy the Constitution in front of Americans with uh, with uh, obviously Matt Taibbi and Schellenberger, however you say his name, first of all, saying you're so-called journalists and then basically demanding they give their sources and not understanding that journalists don't don't give their sources that's well they don't they're not they don't they don't like to i've i've been in that position where i was sued by the very 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 talented joan rivers uh for libel and uh uh she demanded i give my sources for a story about her that i uh, wrote for gq and uh we had quite a dust up about it but uh in the event i did not have to give them wasn't that the reason you missed the plane that crashed no uh that, that was the reason I was going to be on the plane. I missed the plane crash because of a traffic jam at the at the, at the horseshoe and the, the what do you call it, the, the, the oval at LAX. But thank, God, God for, thank God for thank traffic. God, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. <laughs> I've I've had so many incredibly lucky breaks. It's unbelievable. And, and I, it's just incredible. And number one of which is I get to have my wifey. A hundred percent. And Peter, it's 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 sort of like this. A fascinating thing. And I want to obviously the death of the Constitution. But I sit there and I say to, you know, when you become something, when you become when you know why you became what you became, I know why I became a conservative. A lot of it didn't have to do with social issues. Right. A lot of it was not about the social issues. I, I pushed that aside. And I look at people like Matt Taibbi and these people that were pretty much are, are call, being called dirt, who are radical, who would be considered considered radical left. And I think to myself, as they're going to bed tonight, aren't they questioning why they belong to this party, Peter? Uh, I hope that. Oh, I'm sorry. You asked Peter. Sorry. I said, just to say, talk to Peter. Uh, I, I, sir, sir. I hope they are. Well, um, I hope they are, but I don't think they are. And that's, that's what makes them zealots. They don't question it. You, you know, it's the, the, don't say you know. Who was it? I, I, Ayn Rand, uh, Whitaker Chambers in his review of Ayn Rand's Ayn Shrug, Rand. you know, to the to the gas chambers go. They just follow orders. They don't, um, you know. They, you think about all the people that got got told to come back to the Soviet Union during Stalin. They were common term operators, and they knew they were going back to be put on trial and probably executed or sent to the Gulag. But rather than defect to the West, they went. They're 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 zealots. Um, they don't think. They just act, and they act on the direction of others, which is why I think 
the pressure is coming from the left to go after internet sites and to go after reporters and to go after Fox News because they cannot stand oh. the alternative narrative. They know they can't defeat it through argument. So they, they want to use the coercive power, power of the state to shut it down. Well, the awesome power of the state is being used in a terrifying, terrifying ways. And I, I think I mean only say that the date, which I think will turn out to be one of the most terrific dates in American history, January 6th, when a totally harmless uh, event, a uh, demonstration, way, 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 way less da dangerous and damaging uh, to the people of the United States and to the Constitution, uh, was uh, labeled as a, a major historical danger to the republic as just, and was used as an excuse for a congressional investigating committee that then uh, tried to uh, take away the constitutional rights of various perfectly innocent people and and you know to this day i'm told and i read there are people in prison cells in solitary confinement and and they don't even know nobody knows what they did. Why why are they there? There 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 was it their fourth amendment rights or their sixth amendment rights. You're the attorney, not me. I'm, they they I'm, have they I'm, haven't been allowed fourth, counsel. Fourth and sixth amendment yeah, fourth, rights. They haven't been allowed counsel. They have not been given speedy trials. They're being the, the the people who were taken to Guantanamo Bay because they were seized by US military in the war on terror have been treated better than the January 6th protesters who have been hunted down and arrested as far as respect for their constitutional rights are well, concerned. I, I think we should say some, some have been. I mean, they're, 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 they certainly haven't all been treated as badly as that, but, but obviously there's been some very major flaw here in the constitutional system. People who were basically demonstrating peacefully are being treated as if they were terrorists, and they and they weren't terrorists. Not a, absolutely none of them. Not one of them, as far as I am aware, and I could be. It's possible I missed something. It's very possible. Uh, are none of them was a terrorist? Not it's one. It's not. Of them. You're not missing anything, Ben. But Ben, but this is what the problem is when you go against the feds, as you well know. This guy, this shaman who we all saw escorted in, was given four years for sitting at a desk, Ben. Rapist get less time. Wait, people, wait people say that, that part again. Rapist get less time. People that commit. How much less? Quite a bit. And okay. uh, and uh, people that commit manslaughter get less time. People that, uh, there's tons. He sat at the desk of of Dude, it's a frigging outrage we all know it we knew it as i, well, I may say but so see, but here's we knew the, it here's, as we saw it we knew it as here's we saw the difference it. now ben and why why i think jude is right and why i think this matters is that we all Tucker think carlson and to others Florida. to put to put the other footage on television the things that people didn't see to see the guy in the in the cow suit walking through the capitol with Capitol Police on either side of him. I'm not saying they were escorting him, but they were just walking with him. 
He, they didn't wrestle him to the ground. They didn't put zip ties on him. They didn't stop him before he got into what I think was the visitor's gallery in the Senate chamber and then lowered himself over the railing so he could sit in the presiding officer's chair. If he was that much of a threat, if he was that much of a terrorist, they could have stopped him when he was still in the building. And the, the January Sixers don't want their narrative disrupted because they've not only used that narrative to bash Trump, but they're using that narrative to bash the Constitution in well, the name of defending it. But they're, what they're doing is just a continuation of what was done to Trump about the so-called Russia collusion, which was nothing. It never turned out to be anything at all about a whole series of narratives about Trump betraying his trust as president of the United States. Now, just today, I was hearing on the radio while I was stuck in traffic forever that a, a New York grand jury, apparently Judah would know this better. I was your I. radio. It was me telling you this. No, 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 no I, Judah, <laughs> Judah, with all due, with all, I, with all due respect, you did indeed tell it to me, but I've been hearing it on the radio all day. But but thank you, Judah. You're right. You're right. You're, you're very, you're very, very helpful. I thank you very much for it. But there's uh, the idea that Mr. Trump is about to be indicted. Apparently, I hope this is not true for uh, supposedly uh, falsifying business records having to do with payments to a stripper slash possibly call girl, I'm not sure. Uh, and that, and that has somehow may become a felony instead of a misdemeanor. It's, it's mind-blowing because as I, Judah and I did a little tiny bit of research on the phone as we were driving in heavy, as I was driving in heavy traffic, there are something like 32 million small businesses in this great United States of America. I'd like to tell, I'd like somebody to show me one, one, just one that never, ever falsifies any of its records. That being true, let's just, let's just assume that 10% of them falsify their records. In fact, I think it's 100%. So then we have millions, millions of cases which are so trivial that they would not normally even be brought. They're now going to be brought as not just misdemeanors, but felonies. And this is going to jam up the court system. And it's going to mean that the only business of America will be prosecuting conservatives. This is a terrifying situation. We've got we've, out of nowhere a common turn has arisen in America, which is going to prosecute innocent people simply because they are innocent. Now, you know, Peter Roth, what Stalin said, the more innocent, the more guilty. I like that. I didn't know that. Thank you for that. And that is exactly the way the Democrats are playing it. The more innocent, the more guilty. And uh, that boy, that's a very scary, uh, but brilliant insight that Comrade Stalin had. He was no dope. And Peter, before I go to you, I just want to say what Ben, to Ben's point, and thank you for that, by the way. And I always always say you only get that education on the world, according to Ben Stein, and including with Peter Roth, who's extremely, extremely, extremely well read. But Peter, um, it's uh, the whole point of the Trump thing is that rarely, I believe this is the case, rarely will the defendant be called to given the chance to testify if they're not going to indict. That's why they say it's almost for sure that he's getting indicted for. And as I quote, I read Ben Stein, the quote, basically, the New York Times even said for there knows for zero legal precedent, Peter. 
Well, again, I'm, I'm not an attorney, but I've watched Law and Order enough, uh, and I think that's probably an equivalent. They will stop at nothing to get Trump. They are, which I, which I don't understand, because if they think he's such a disaster, if they think he's such a flawed politician and a flawed human being, why are they so afraid? that he's going to run for president again in 2024, that he's going to be the Republican nominee. You would think that they would believe they could easily defeat him, even with Joe Biden, uh, just by laying his record out in front of the American people. But they are persecuting this man. And I think they are persecuting this man because he is the head of a political movement that frightens them because it threatens their hold on power. You know, when I... I, when I I think that's a very good analysis. We've heard it before, and I think it's a great, great deal to it. I, I'm not going to be the Freudian one here and say uh, I think it has something to do with uh, their envy of him and uh, what they see as his masculinity. And uh, they're, uh, they're scared of that. And uh, the women who hate him are scared of his masculinity, too, because they want to be men, too. I have a quick, very good astute analysis. Listen, you've been in psychoanalysis for for fifty years, so no, wait a that's second. Is it fifty years? No, it is not. It started in 1966, and it's continuing till now. And that's fifty six years. Okay, fifty six years. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad it was ten years from my the, the, the bicentennial of when I was born. But I want to ask you a question, Ben. Going back historically. When Nixon lost in 60, lost, and I use air quotes on that, when he lost, did they go after him for eight years or did he just sort of? They did not go after him for eight years, but uh, he then uh, did a very foolish thing in a somewhat unwell condition. He gave a press conference the next day saying he was never going to run for office again and you won't have Dick Nixon to kick around anymore because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. Well, that was, that was, that was 62. Right. That was how he, he sir, lost sir, the presidency sir, sir, and I went and ran for Sir, you're correcting me about something I didn't say. Yes, I know what it was. <laughs> and the, uh, but uh, they made fun of him. They belittled him. They mocked him. They sneered him. But he came back anyway. And I strongly recommend that any one of you who really wants to learn something about how politics works in America, read The Greatest Comeback, which is by a very, very, very smart guy and a former neighbor of mine and a very, very smart guy. I was falsely accused of being an anti-Semite, a guy named Pat Buchanan. And uh, he, uh, said, he, he really laid out the story of how the left tried, tried, tried to kill Nixon politically. Uh, from 60 to 68 and did not succeed because Nixon was so good at politics. And uh, it's, a, it's an astonishing thing to see how well Patrick Cannon lays out how politics in America worked then. And it's not very different from how it works now. The big well, difference I, is I, race has become such a huge part of it. Yeah. The reason I pointed out that, that it was 62 was not, not to correct you, but for the people who are watching, who may not be familiar with Nixon's entire political history. But yeah. I think that the danger... You're right, by the Nixon way. That's a good presented. point. I just Before you go on, I just want to say that's a good point because most people don't realize that the election was stolen from Nixon in 1960. Most people and, do, and, not, do not and, realize and, that. And Nixon was urged to fight, and he said it would be bad for the country. 
And so he declined. He was, he was a, he, he did not want to cause uh, division in America, a concept that would be so alien to today's Democrats. They would, they would consider it inconceivable. But uh, Nixon was 10,000 times the patriot that people like Schumer are. But I, 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 I say this only because I think that that Nixon had a connection with the voters that the Democrats thought they owned. Union, working class, Catholic Democrats in particular. Archie Bunker, if you will. He's the archetype, not without the racism, but, but that kind of socioeconomic standing. He wasn't some tool of millionaires and billionaires, and he wasn't a millionaire or billionaire himself. He had, he had brought himself up out of the poverty in which he grew in Whittier, California, to become a congressman, a senator, a vice president, and also almost a president in 1960. I think that there's a, a similar fear of Trump. Because for all of his affectations, Donald Trump is a working class guy from Queens. His father owned a bunch of apartment buildings, and he learned how to talk to working class people going to job sites. He has a connection with these, you know, somebody, I forget the man's name, but he wrote a book called What's the Matter with Kansas about why Kansas votes conservative when so much conservative policy allegedly is bad for the people of Kansas. And what I'm waiting is for somebody to write a book called What's Wrong with Massachusetts and New York and Connecticut and New Jersey, that the people who live there keep voting for politicians who won't fix the schools, won't fix the, the roads, and are taxing them so much that they're moving to Florida. I would like to second that emotion, as the singers say, and uh, say, I thank Mr. Trump also, again, again, had a connection with these people that the Democrats wish they had and don't have, because the Democrats are snobs with a big capital S. And that's that's fine. People are allowed to be snobs. This is America. People can be snobs if they want to be snobs. But Trump had this astonishing faculty for making lots and lots of money while also seeming to be one of the guys. And he was one of the guys. So, so there you are. I, I don't uh, question that there are many, many very, very smart Democrats. Many, many, many. Uh, many, some in my family. But uh, Trump had this gift of going right into the heart of these uh, Democrat working class Democrats and making them like him and making them understand that he loved America as much as they did. Yeah, you're completely right. And listen, obviously, I grew up in New York City. You know, I've often brought this up with him being an icon to me and uh, him being him and George Steiner, Steinbrenner being legendary. And I always knew they had flaws. I was never I was never immune to the fact of their flaws and they had great flaws. The one flaw they always didn't have was they always wanted to win. It was it, they, 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 they loved what they they loved to their country they loved people they loved the stories of them helping people uh, have, uh, you know pe helping people out are legendary but uh are absolutely legendary ben i want to get back to the well, Stein, steinbrenner also had the other flaw that he wouldn't leave billy martin alone and let him manage the yankees 
Listen, he just... That was a big flaw. He was very impulsive, but at the end of the day, he bought the Yankees for $10 million and they're worth $3 billion from CBS. And uh, he, there was no player that was in need that ever needed help that was on the backsides of their career that suffered from drug addiction that Steinbrenner didn't reach their hand out to. Very akin to, to Trump with many of the mm-hmm. black athletes out there. Mm-hmm. Whenever they've been in trouble... He's always been there for them. And it sadly, it doesn't get spoken about enough. But Ben, I want to get it's a very sad thing. And Ben shares this same generosity of forgiveness and uh, and, and, and giving it. it it's it's a but very it's a very rare breed of a person. And they're a very hard person to understand. And I think, Ben, I always it's very know, kind of you. And, but but it's true. And I think as I think about it now. I think a big reason why to get why he, these people are so disliked is because they don't have to do much to be liked because it, 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 and, and for people that work so hard to be liked and to get love and accolades, they hate people like Trump that it, or Steinbrenner, that it's just natural for them. They have that natural charisma that they attract people to them. And there's nothing worse than when you're insecure and you don't have that. Just my, my, uh, I think it's a, it's a very, it's a very, very good point. I, I'd like to point out something else that I think is going to be a real, real problem for both Republicans and Democrats, which is America has changed a lot. I mean, America has changed a lot since Ronald Reagan won in 1980. There's a, I've read many, many stories saying Ronald Reagan could not win today. And maybe that's true. I just don't know. Uh, but America's a different country from the country that my wife and I and my sister and I, and I suspect Peter and I grew up and suspect Judah and I grew up in. It's very, very much different ethnically. It's very, very much different in terms of ethics, ethics, not ethnic, not just ethics, but ethics. Uh, and I give you the example of the world's best theater form of all time, Perry Mason. And uh, Wifey and I, the saint Wifey and I, watch Perry Mason every night. We watch it over and over and over. It doesn't matter if we've seen it before. We watch it over and over again. And ethics were very strict in those days. If a woman had been uh, a child out of wedlock, she would do anything to hush it up, cover it up. She would would steal from her family. She would steal from her business to pay off blackmailers. That's unheard of now. If a woman has a baby without being married now, it's nothing. It's not even worth mentioning. That is a really gigantic difference. People in that era, which was the era in which my wifey and I grew up, worked. We worked. That was the, the, the common denominator of human life. Everybody works. I didn't know anyone who didn't work. Even on my street, where, where which was not a fancy street at all compared to the street that I live on now, I can't afford to live on much longer. Um, people, there, there are people of fantastic wealth, and some of them work and some of them don't. But on the street, I, as I say, I, that I grew up on, everybody worked. Every single person worked, except the wives didn't work. Wives stayed home and took care of the kids, but every parent, every father works without question. They worked and they worked very hard. And it was not, it was unheard of for grown men to not work. It just was not heard of. Now, somehow that has disappeared. 
You know, uh, very well said, obviously. And Peter, Ben brings up a really great point. And it's something I've brought up before on the show. Roe v. Wade, obviously not a, not very constitutional, uh, but they broke, the left broke the social contract many times over and over and over again. They've broken, people were okay. And I'm not saying okay, but they had accepted certain things. They did. But they couldn't stop. They, they, they just could not stop. And it went from, from what Ben was saying, listen, if you're, God forbid, have to be a single mother, I don't think, and it happens, it happens, I don't think you should live in hush. But on the other hand, you shouldn't be celebrating abortion. You shouldn't be celebrating uh, a, a certain type of lifestyle. If you want to do what you, it's a, even an AA, we don't, we're not even, we don't uh, evangel, we, we don't proselytize. We, we, we don't try to bring people onto our side. We just say our story, if you're interested, you're interested. If you're not, you're not. But they've been proselytizing this, this stuff, Peter, from the roofs, from the get, from wherever they could. And they broke that social contract. They couldn't just be with three months. It had to be five months, six months, nine months to the baby's out till you kill that kid. They just couldn't control that social contract, Peter. And it goes into so many forms of their life where they've broken every form of social contracts this country, as Ben is saying, has. And you, and you that's the best thing I've ever heard you say in the many years I've known you. And I congratulate you on saying it and saying it so eloquently. But what's an amazing thing. Thank you. And I say you're very welcome. What, what I find endlessly amazing is the Democrat Party cheering and cheering and cheering abortion. Not just saying, as Bill Clinton did, it should be safe but rare. Of course, it's never safe for the baby. The baby always winds up dead. But, uh, but now the Democrat Party has gone immensely beyond that. And they're saying, see Kyle about killing babies. I mean, this is what we're seeing here is an actual applause for genocide. And in this case, it's not genocide against Jews, thank, thank God, uh, but it is genocide against those who are unborn and have no political power. No, this is, I, this is a, real, a real genocide. But I, I want to go back, Ben, to what you were saying about working. Because it wasn't just that it was unheard of for, for men not to work, especially after the Great Depression and World War II, but there was a, it was disreputable. I, I almost want to say shameful if there was an able-bodied man who, who wouldn't go work. There were some who couldn't, but wouldn't go work. And, and Lyndon Johnson and the Great Society, those programs, particularly welfare, decided to subsidize those people. Now, the greatest social welfare program reform of my lifetime was the Gingrich-led drive to change welfare after the 1994 election that Bill Clinton vetoed twice and then signed the, th the third time when Dick Morris told him if he didn't sign it, he was gonna lose his reelection bid to Bob Dole. And the cornerstone of that was if you wanted welfare, you had to work. You had to do something. It didn't have to be working for money, but you had to do something. Taking classes, going to therapy. You, you couldn't just lay around the house all day and, and, and play the Game Boy. That 
Barack Obama started to unravel that. We haven't, we haven't put that genie back in the bottle. During the COVID lockdowns, we were paying people extra money because they were home and at work, and we didn't cut it off as soon as the lockdowns ended. So people had an incentive to stay at home, destroying the basic communal contract that we all have that I think comes from scripture that if you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, it can't be clearer than that. You have to make your own way. You cannot depend on other people to subsidize your life. And the whole basis of the Biden budget that was released today is the idea that the people with means will subsidize the people without means, but they will do it through the government. Now, I want to do private charity. I do private charity. I would prefer to give my tax money to the charitable organizations that I choose to support that, is in, in, that do things that are consistent with my beliefs and my values. Joe Biden wants it all to come to Washington, let the government take its cut, and then they parcel it out to preserve their political power. That is a tremendous threat to our constitutional government. It is precisely the kinds of things that Madison warned against in the Federalist Papers when he wrote about the nation being a republic and not a democracy, because in a democracy, the people who had nothing would vote to take things from the people who had. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it in a big, big, big way. I would like to tell you that as a person who had a heart-stopping conversation with my accountant today, that yeah. that is what's happening. And uh, if you if you notice one day that Ben Stein has disappeared and has been but has been spotted in Bolivia, that, that's the reason. Uh, with with great with great respect, there is a certain uh, group in this country for whom not working and living off by the dole is perfectly respectable and reputable. It's uh, very unfortunate. We all know who they are. We're not going to say who they are because we don't want to get any more yelled <laughs> at than we have been. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, that ethic has now spread into uh, the white community and uh, as well has not even touched the Asian community. The Asian community works, 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 works. I have sitting a few feet away from me, my nurse. He is an amazing man. He works very, very hard. I have several nurses. My wife has several nurses. And they are so hardworking, it's unbelievable. I have a, a piece of property I own, an African-American nurse. He works so hard, it is unbelievable, it is mind-boggling. And he is a religious, spiritual man who uplifts me, or I should say lifts me up every time he sees me. I want to know what happened to these people. There used to be lots and lots of them. They're disappearing from America. And as I especially say, it's heart-rendering, as my wife would say, about the African-American community, because they used to be, the I would say, the wellspring of spiritual values in America. And they, despite the incredible injustice and suffering mm -hmm. they had gone, undergone, they still had powerful spiritual values. What happened? You what raised, was, how did they get taken? Well, they, well, they taken also, but they also, Ben, they also had economic success. And anyone who's not familiar with the work that Thomas Sowell has done through much of his life, charting the economic progress of, of the African-American community 
before the Great Society, the African American community was doing, I, I don't know if we can say well, but the African community was acquiring, aspiring, and rising. There were racial problems in the South with Jim Crow. There were racial problems in the North in places like Chicago and Boston. But the middle class was rising. And then we get the Great Society programs and, 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 that, and the rise starts to reverse. Right, because people are being bribed to not work. And, and, and they're being bribed to do two things. One, don't work. And two, vote Democrat. And Lyndon Johnson is quoted. I, I don't want to use the exact language because I've already got, gotten in enough trouble. But exact, he's quoted as saying that uh, those N-words will be voting Democrat now for 200 years because of what I've done. And uh, in so doing, he basically poisoned them. He basically subverted them and ruined their brains for a long, long time. And I think he showed a tremendous hatred for African-Americans by weakening them and subverting them. And, and it, it's like, uh, it's, it's like heart, the wicked queen. It, yeah. It's like the wicked queen giving the apple to Snow White. I don't know that story. Yeah. I don't know that story either, but uh, I'm sure it's a lovely one, Peter Roth. Uh, <laughs> Snow White, the seven I understand. I've done I'm, I'm sorry, not seven this as a sign of dis, uh, displeasure with Peter or anyone else. I have a cramp in my knee. Just a minute, boys. You can go on talking. You're 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 talking. You're 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 allowed to stand up. The problem is we. Oh God, that hurts. I I feel terrible for Ben and for people listening. It's not the first time I've ever been in a conversation with someone where they've just gotten up and walked away. Um, but it's an occupation, including members of my own family. It's an occupational hazard. But if you just let, are, me, let me reset for a second. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, who I give such major props to for doing this through thick and thin. And his knee, his knee is in an awful lot of pain. And I've seen the scar, and that is one big ass scar. We are joined tonight from the Roth Report, Peter Roth, and also obviously Ben Stein. But I wanted to just bring something up that you both are talking about. We're sort of sugarcoating around because, Peter, you brought up I mean, you said they weren't treated well in Chicago. Right. And I, I'm thinking to myself, you know who else wasn't treated well in Chicago, Peter? Jews. OK. Mm-hmm. And we're talking into the late 70s with the Skokie riots. OK. Everybody that came that came into this country that came here was not treated well. It, you know, wait, 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 wait. Back up. Yeah. Back up because you're like a son to me. What you mean is not everyone who came to this country was treated well. Not everyone who came to this country was treated well. Not everybody that, that but m- many people got past it mm-hmm. and they worked through it, literally worked through it. And obviously, the Lyndon Johnson thing, uh, as you bring that up, stifled that working through that. And that didn't allow Peter the progression, but I just don't like the argument because I think a lot of people, most immigrants that came to this country didn't have the easiest of times, Peter. No, they didn't. And, And starting probably in the 1870s, the people who were here were not nice to the people who came after them. You know, first it was the Irish and then it was the Italians and then it was the Eastern Europeans, many of whom were Jews. And then it was immigrants from other parts of the world. And, you know, now 
Um, there were plenty of people who were coming here from Southwest Asia who were Indian and Pakistani and Afghan um, who are not treated well in their communities and, and people like the current president say outrageous, um, frankly, racist things about them, but think it's okay. Um, you know, we see this again and again, and there is something about the American character that, that some people have a fear of the unfamiliar, of the new, of the change, but we are a vibrant, dynamic society. We are constantly changing and evolving. You know, Ben said earlier, referred to the people who say that Ronald Reagan could never win the Republican nomination. Well, I didn't uh, say the Republican nomination, I said the election. Or the presidency um, today. I think he could because he was a smart politician and he was a smart man and he would be, he would find ways to talk about the eternal truths about liberty and freedom and the importance of limited government that were at the core of Reaganism in ways that address the issues that we're talking about today. Some of the issues he talked about when he ran for president in 1980 about economics and getting the government off our backs and how to bring down inflation and the importance of hard work, he would still be able to talk about. But I think he would find ways to bring people together into the Reagan coalition by welcoming them, by saying that they were that 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 you you needed to be with Ronald Reagan to save your country and to save your family. Um, and I think he could both win the nomination and win the election because the the the, the underlying principles that define the Reagan movement are still true today. And they've always been true. I think they've always been true, but there are some people who get some kind of psychological pleasure from hatred. Ronald Reagan was a lover and not a hater. He loved human beings. He loved women. He loved babies. He loved freedom, 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 freedom. Mm -hmm. And he also loved law. And uh, that, unfortunately, has gone by the boards for so, so, so many Democrats. It's as again, as my heart wife would say, it's heart rendering. There is a certain kind of personality that likes hatred, that enjoys yes. hatred. It just I, I call your attention, Peter. I'm sure you're very familiar with it. Judy, I'm sure you are too, to the two minute hate in 1984, which people just went crazy during a two minute hate. And of course, if you see the newsreels of Adolf Hitler's Germany. And see the hatred in their eye, people's women's eyes, especially their eyes moistening with excitement, sexual excitement, when they were hearing Hitler say, kill the Jews. That's part of the or, human or, personality, or, too. Or, or and Reagan the, could overcome, at, and Reagan could overcome speech, it with love. Look at the speech that Joe Biden gave at Independence Hall prior to the 2022 election, where he warned about the dangers of the MAGA movement. It was the same thing. It was hate. Hate your neighbor. Hate the person who's different. Hate your enemy. I mean, this is what, you know, acknowledge that there's a popular front, that most people aren't like that. But the people that are like that, you, you should hate them. Biden didn't use those words. But if you read between the lines and you watched the gestures, you knew that was what people were supposed to come away from. The modern Democratic Party is built on hate and envy. Hate the people who do well. Hate the people who are successful. Hate the people that acquire great wealth because they're stealing it from you 
and they're, they've, they've acquired it based on the labor of your ancestors, the lie of the New York Times 1619 project. Hate, hate, hate. You, you cannot, you know, if you, if, you, if you stay on that path, you end up with Lord of the Flies. You end up with Planet of the Apes. You don't end up with the America that we all grew up in and love and will love to our dying day. Extremely well said. And I want to thank uh, Soul Warrior Vibe for complimenting us. This is a good show, good conversation. That's what we try to do here. Uh, we try to have a little bit of a different conversation on uh, many things. But Ben, I, you brought up a good point and it, 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 many good points. But one of the, I don't get paid to thank say you. how many points he brings up, great points. But it, you, you brought up with the Black community. Um, and I was, uh, has thing has life has changed and it's very interesting i was watching i started watching the the new chris rock special on um netflix now chris rock used to be the original he was the original Chappelle. he was the original social commentary uh obviously there were many people before him but he really he he it was in baltimore it was a i want to say 60 to 70 percent black uh, audience his jokes bomb, Ben. His jokes on uh, on pro on him being pro choice bombed. His it, a lot of stuff. He, he was trying to, as you say, uh, he was he, he wanted to still be invited to the party without without uh, without fully going somewhere like Dave Chappelle has done recently. And it, I was I was sort of fascinated looking at the face of the crowd, not laughing. And, and I was just thinking to myself, you're speaking to a predominantly black crowd. Who are very religious for the most part. Many blacks are very religious and many very, very spiritual, very, very very spiritual people that do not agree with <clears throat> abortion. And I was like thinking to myself, damn, this guy does not know his audience, or he's so far from where he came from. <clears throat> and it was just a very interesting thing, the difference between him and Dave Chappelle, who Dave Chappelle isn't trying to please people. Ben Stein's not trying to please people, they're just telling the truth. And it, it, it could upset people when you do stuff like that, but at least you're telling the truth. And I just found it very interesting that the crowd's reaction to him wasn't what he thought it was going to be. Well, I, very, very fascinating. But again, uh, I think a lot of the uh, extreme leftists uh, in the um, country, generally speaking, don't understand that uh, there's an intense but small group of people who support them. And uh, we we love everybody uh, who would, uh, is not a hater and a violent person, but uh, people who preach hatred, uh, I think I think they're going to get some of it back. Anyway, I, I, I'm watch. A, I'm, I want to tell you, with all due respect, I'm getting quite short okay. of breath, so we're going to have to stop pretty soon. Okay. Well, I watched the special, and I came away with a different impression. Um, I, I, I admire Chappelle. I particularly admire Chappelle because I think he's subversive quickly, and quickly. he's Benson. very subtle. Um, Chris Rock was not subtle. And I think that's what was disturbing. When he talked about abortion, he said, I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice all day long. And, there, and he enlisted the reasons why. And people laughed at that. And then he said, but y'all understand this is killing babies. This is killing babies. And people didn't think that was funny because it was the cold glass of water in the face. Maybe I have to re-listen to it. You've got to uh, you got to face I, up to this. I, the I, other I, thing I, that I he will, said. I will re revisit my I want to thank the, the other thing that, the other thing though, Judah. Peter, that, we gotta go. He Peter, okay. we gotta let, go. Let him All hear. Right. I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Well, just the other thing that he talked about was was about how 
how his his daughters had the best of everything and they grew up spoiled and one of them was on the verge of being expelled from school the, the ritzy private school and they hired a lawyer and they were going to push back and she said something to the to, to chris rock that had him quietly go to the school find the principal and said yeah i know we're suing you but i need you to throw her out of school I need you to throw her ass out of school. My my ex-wife doesn't know that I did that. My daughter doesn't know. No one knows I did that but me and the principal and now everybody, including them, who's watching. But the point was she needed to learn. He suddenly realized that there were consequences to screwing up. And sometimes in life, you can't escape those consequences. And the fact that she had to go through that made her a better person and has made her the success that she is today living in France, I think, studying cooking. I got I, um, I, I got to revisit this show, but we're out of so time. So please Peter. watch it yeah. again. I will watch it again. Peter, I'm a big Chris Rock fan. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I poked the bear with with, 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 with you and Chris Rock. Woo! And uh, on that note, I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers. Peter, remember, never go after <laughs> Beverly Hills. I'll never go after Chris Rock. I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers. And uh want to just thank everybody that's been listening, everybody that's uh, in all the different countries. And thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And thank you for people like Peter Roth, who always jump at the chance to come on the show, uh, even if he's had a, a, a busy week. And uh, <laughs> Peter, thank you. You can find them at the Roth thank draft you. all over. And you can find them all over. He's Peter Roth. And of course, you could find Ben Stein all over. News, um, NewsmaxSpectator.org and of course the world according to Ben Stein Ben you don't have to take us out if you're I'm not going to take you out in music I'll just say let's just, just say this our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive, the, forgive those who trust us against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And God bless America. God bless you all. God bless America. Have a great night, everybody.